Hello, friends, and welcome to the Rogue Planet Podcast. I am Jason, and I'm here with my good friend, Maureen Ellsbury. Hey, Maureen, how's it going? It's going good, and um, we're also joined by Bonnie Burton, who is a Star Wars aficionado. Nice. That's good. That makes me sound professional and not uh, like some weirdo that... Well, yeah. you are a weirdo. I am a weirdo. I mean, okay, okay, that's, okay, okay. That's, I was being nice, but no. <laughs> Um, we're at Denver Comic Con uh, 2015. It's been a big event, and um, it's this thing. Ha- it? This thing has jumped in its attendance really fast. I mean, it started uh, four years ago, and their first year, they were blown away by the attendance. I mean, I think they pulled in. Oh, I don't remember the was number it 80, now. Or it was 70,000. It, it was maybe? somewhere between sixty and eighty thousand. Yeah. yeah. Uh, their first shot. And it just kept going up. And, I mean, it's incredible because this past year, New York Comic Con surpassed, you know, there's a battle. San, I don't think it's a, I know what you're going to say. I don't believe you. Believe I do not believe it you. It was crazy the, packed. The, the, it might be crazy packed, but there is no way New York had more that people New York than San Diego Comic Con. Were more than San Diego. Uh, but I think they might have fudged the yeah. numbers. No, no, I think what's happening here is is what happens in San Diego is you have a ton of people who aren't actually going in and buying things at the festival or festival whatever convention. the convention I mean like they don't go yeah. they don't get tickets but, to go inside the yeah, convention they, yeah they, because they can't because it's impossible almost and um so there's so many more events outside of the city yeah. that there's a ton of people there which probably surpassed New York numbers New York was sequestered to the convention well hall yeah that's yeah. the thing that, that is special about the city Oh, something like. Did you already spill your wine? Yes, he did. I, I did. Spill Are you my allowed wine. to say that you're drinking yeah. on air? Okay, oh, good. Uh, yes. Okay, okay, It's a prerequisite. It's a normal. It's a normal but conversation. Well, I'm, I'm not gonna fight. I, I, I'm not think... gonna fight club you about this. Like maybe New York did. I didn't go to New York Comic Con this past year, so I don't know how much bigger it was from San Diego. I just know that we refer to San Diego Comic Con like it's our Vietnam. Because yeah. it's just you don't know what to expect. You think you know what you're getting into when you get there. And always something happens that just shocks you or makes you hate humanity or makes you love humanity. It just depends on what kind of nerd you are. It depends if this is your first time there or you're like, this will be my 23rd year going to San Diego Comic-Con. Holy moly. And I'm old. So I'm an old (laughs) convention nerd. So my perfect convention is I only go to panels I'm on or that I know friends can get me into. So I don't have to stand in line. Uh, I always make the rookie mistake of preview night getting drunk with my friends at a bar. So then I have, of course, the 11 a.m. panel the next day where I have no idea what's happening. Of course. And then um, I love going to the external events, so all the stuff that's happening Mm -hmm. outside the convention center. I do stuff with Geek and Sundry. Uh, We did a show called Vaginal Fantasy Romance Book Club Show, which was basically like this, 
but uh, we talk about romance books that we had to read for that month, and they always are paranormal. They always have, like, aliens or, like, trolls or vampires or werewolves or witches or robots or whatever. But it's Felicia Day, Veronica Belmont, Kyla Caseby, and myself, and we get drunk. And it's a Google Hangout, so you can actually visualize it, not just imagine how drunk we are. And it goes from, like, an hour to hour and a half, once a month, usually the last Tuesday of every month. Uh, but they, we always have some sort of meet and greet at the Geek and Sundry offsite. Uh, but there's so many offsites. Like Walking Dead will take over the baseball stadium and they'll do an actually zomb- a zombie, zombie run walk, yeah. or zombie walk, zombie yeah. run, depending on how athletic you are. But then uh, Nerdist HQ has some great events. Uh, Zachary Levi always invites celebrities to do one-on-one. And it's always like a very – um, kind of a comfortable, cozy atmosphere because it's not like Hall H where it's a giant room full yeah. of angry, mm-hmm. tired, low blood sugar people wanting to watch trailers and panels of their favorite celebrities and directors and actors. It's more like a smaller room where it's just two actors, like, you know, Jensen and Jared from Supernatural mm-hmm. or maybe the cast of a new movie that's coming out. But it's so, like, comfortable and um, it's just, I don't know, it's more personal, I think, in a way. But that has nothing to do with the conventions. You buy right. Nerdist HQ tickets separately, and they're cheaper right. than the whole convention ticket. And then you've got off-site parties. You have, I think there's one just for artists. There's one at uh, Juxtapose always. Juxtapose Magazine always does. Uh, some of the smaller independent comic book companies always have meet and greets or gatherings or so there's always something to do, even if you don't get a ticket. So you might be right in that mm-hmm. the numbers may seem bigger at San Diego Comic-Con because not everyone's going through the front doors to get into the exhibits and the main hall room and all that stuff. Maureen and I talked about this after New York, and that is just the feeling, the the overall atmosphere is completely different from San Diego and New York. Because New York, yeah, like she said, it's it's completely, completely in New York, it's locked into the convention center. But the cool thing is if you escape... Because um, I constantly have to escape when I get overwhelmed with people. Because right. I don't like being in a situation where you know it's going to take two hours to get from one end of the room to the other just because there's too many people. There's a point, too, I think usually around Saturday afternoon, if you've been there since preview night, where you're just so tired of strollers hitting you in the shin mm-hmm. or the errant, like, Harley Quinn hammer yeah, hitting you in the head. Yeah, I was going to say, I, was, yeah. I got hit with a Harley Quinn hammer today yeah, in the it, head. It used to be Literally. that you weren't really supposed to wear nice things because inevitably you get it hooked on a Klingon outfit by accident and get oh, dragged halfway across the convention center. Or There's always some elaborate, spiky-type cosplay that you're going to accidentally hook yourself to. So there's that. Right. And then there's just the sense of this is too many people. So a lot of times many of us just escape the convention and go to a bar and hang out. So if you're a comic book nerd or a geek and you want to see celebrities or you want to see your favorite authors or artists, a lot of times don't even bother going to the convention. Just go to a nearby bar and you'll see them there. And most of the time they're very accommodating if you go up to them and say, hey, I totally dig your show or movie or whatever. Or, hey, can you sign my comic? They're cool with it. Or, hey, can I buy you a drink and let's talk about your latest comic they really love it when you buy us drinks i'm part of that group so buy us drinks uh, me too i'm always <laughs> yeah. down for free drinks so. but to me like that's the fun part it's like going yeah. to a convention's great but like i just met you guys at this con and mm-hmm. i didn't think i'd meet anybody new i thought i'd just hang out with some people i knew and then that'd be it so it's just the opportunity to meet other geeks in your field and new people to do new projects with and I like Denver Comic Con because it's even though we just said it's getting bigger, it's still small. It's yeah. relatively small compared to other ones. So I do about ten to fifteen conventions a year, and uh, I pref- I usually prefer the smaller ones just because there's more one on one contact. 
the panels are more, you know, lax and what you can say and do. It's just fun. Right. Yeah. And, and I agree. And, and so Bonnie and I did a panel about geek, uh, geek women in the industry. Well, geeky women in the geek industry, <laughs> yeah. however you want to phrase the industry? it. Women in the geek industry. <laughs> but Geeks but, in the women it, industry. But, yeah. <laughs> Kind of. It sounds like prostitution. That's an industry. That's all sorts of uh, ways to put it. But uh, the industry in geek girls. Yeah. It's, uh, you know. (laughs) Sorry, it's horrible. I Uh, wrote an article about that recently. Yeah. Uh, I did. Okay, anyways. But um, (laughs) so it was this, it's this weird thing to say, you know, um, trying to gauge women to get into the industry, but at the same time. When you're at the conventions, you kind of want to separate yourself from that, and and that is uh, why we all disappear off stage because that's your life. And so, walking around the Comic Con conventions are super fun, and you get to see all the awesome cosplay. Uh, the Dark Crystal one, definitely yeah. uh, look at Bonnie's Twitter or mine because I think I retweeted it. Um, was super awesome, but at the end of the day, that's your life and it gets busy. And so how, how many hours can you spend in a convention? You have to escape. I think if you're new to the convention scene, it's always going to be like a fun thing where you just want to do everything. It's like going to an amusement park where you want to mm-hmm. go on all the rides and you do, you should check out artist alleys. For see sure. Are all the art from independent artists that do amazing original art prints, yeah. everything. And then, you have, um, you know, video game section usually for gamers that want to like connect with whatever their favorite video game company is, depending on how big the mm-hmm. convention is. And then you've got comic book authors and comic book artists around that can you can talk to because they usually have a booth. Um, and then author signings too, which is something that I do, but it's so funny because I do mostly nonfiction. So I write. I wrote the Star Wars craft book. You can draw Star Wars. Draw Star Wars Clone Wars, which can all be bought on Amazon. Oh yeah, com. Uh, yeah. Go to Amazon. Go to your mom and pop shop or comic book store and order them. I always try to get people to go to their mom and pop because yeah. my comic. I support my local comic book shop. In fact, two comic book. One of the comic book guys that runs the store is taking care of my dog right now while I'm here. That's awesome. Yeah. So I always say, you know, support mom and pops or go to the library. Some of my books are at the library. Not all of them. I try to make sure they're at most libraries. But anyway, uh, I did a signing, but the joke was that this con, I was right next to where Jim Butcher, who's a really well-known uh, author, was supposed to be doing signing. So most of the people that came to my signing were just asking where Jim Butcher was. So at that point, it came the inside joke that I was just like, I'll sign Jim's book if you want. Like, I... Just because I was so happy to have anyone come to my signing. And that's the crapshoot. You never know. If you're there with your publisher, the line's going to be big. If you're there by yourself, it's always, eh. I'll sign your piece of paper. Like, I'll sign your <laughs> I'll sign your baby's pacifier. I don't care. It's probably not the best idea. But still. No. So anyway, it's, it's fun for me to meet people that buy my books and like them. But it's not a necessity. I'm not a, yeah. a fame monger. Like, I, I don't have to have people, like, glom all over me. You're Jim Butcher's I know I am I know but the funny (laughs) thing to me is I still geek out over celebrities so the big thing here at Denver comic-con was the weird science reunion so weird science we actually got to all hang out accidentally at the hotel bar where I was staying at because the actors are staying there so Anthony Michael Hall and um the guy who plays Wyatt I'm gonna oh my god I can never pronounce people's Ilan. names. Right now. Let's just say yeah. Elon, and Ilan. he's amazing. He's super yeah. funny, but he kept looking at us because we were drinking heavy, like adult drinks, scotch 
drinks and expensive wine for some of us. Some of us. Some yeah. of us. Uh, no Oops. judgment. And we were talking about everything that you guys do, which is ghost hunting, alien stuff, like paranormal research, all that fu- bug attacks. The, the bug attacks are not something <laughs> I do. It just happens. fortunately it happens. happens. Yeah. But so. I, all I kept picturing because uh, they, you know, he texted us. Uh, the guy who plays Wyatt on on Weird Science texted or tweeted us and said, "Because I had tweeted, oh oh my god, I'm at the same table with the Weird Science crushes they had on high, yeah. in high school. Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, stay cool, stay cool." And he texted me back or tweeted me back saying, "Yeah, I was watching you guys trying to figure out what you were talking about because you're so animated." And all I remember is us reenacting our reactions every time a giant <laughs> bug fell on us in our sleep. So we probably look like we're flailing and screaming, "Ew!" Well, the best the best thing about that is is Anthony Michael Hall was not like showing any expression at all of you know, kind of reacting to yeah. how loud and weird we were being. And we weren't paying them any attention no. at all. We, we were, were totally We were in cool. our own world. <laughs> we were doing the cool geek thing, yeah. which is yeah. what you're supposed to do. And which don't... is when you see a celebrity that you love and you adore and you had crushes on and maybe wrote fan fiction about, do not stare oh. at them. Is there, know, a, is there a Wyatt, is there a Wyatt fan fiction? There could have been a Weird Science we, Part 3, I'm we, just saying. We, I might need to read that. Yes. <laughs> Especially after... Yeah, that's pretty awesome. After tonight. Yeah, that's pretty good. Anyway, so here's the key. If you find some, and I've done this a few times. So when I met Neil Gaiman for the first time, I was a blubbering cool. wreck. And oh. after that, I'm, the biggest one with meeting Joss Whedon, and I I don't know why I did this. We were passing each other at a convention, like behind the scenes, because I was supposed to be on a panel and he was leaving a panel. And one of our mutual, I should say, one of our mutual friends, but what I'm saying yeah. is someone he knows that knows me <laughs> said, oh my God, do you want to meet Joss? I'm like, Yeah. And I, this is how I met him. I basically, you know how Catholics meet the Pope, where they get on one knee and kiss his ring? Was he in a, a glass did, bubble? No, I did that. Oh, I got on one movie. knee and kissed his hand. No, you didn't. <laughs> I did. And I said, you're my maker, which was on every, t- every yeah. T-shirt at that time, because everyone thought he was the new George Lucas, and he kind of is. And I kissed his ring, his wedding ring. Ooh. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry for a minute there. I just, you're my Pope. Like, you're my maker, but you're kind of the Pope of Geek. And he laughed when I said Pope of Geek, but he did that nervous laugh, like, get her away from me, like that kind of thing. So ever since then, and that was a long time ago. So ever since then, I'm like, I can't do that every time I meet someone I really... Or you can never talk to Josh Whedon again. Or never talk to Josh (laughs) Whedon again. Exactly. So when I meet celebrities at cons, I always try to, like, play it cool. Or, like, last night, we didn't even meet them. We were just... Well, you two got to meet them. We met... We met Anthony Michael Hall prior behind uh, the panel backstage, and he yeah. was a super nice guy. And we talked about Bill Paxton for a minute. and uh, <laughs> As one does. Yeah. yeah. And uh, is, so that was fun. But he was really nice and yeah. laid back and, and cool. And I told Jason, because we, <laughs> we had just eaten lunch at a vegan restaurant. Yeah. And, and we get out to the panel in front then, and I lean over to him, and I said, I shouldn't admit this on air. It was a vegan burger, but I was like, I totally smell like a burger. And I was like, Aww. I just met Anthony Michael Hall. I met Farmer Ted. And smell, smell like and a I burger. smell like Farmer a burger. Farmer Ted doesn't care. I know. Farmer Ted's probably met Farmer all Ted smells. had already somehow stolen my underwear and yeah. was running backstage. Yeah. No, but uh, but I told him, I was like, I totally smell like a burger. Like, I smell like <laughs> weird pro- vegan protein or something. Weird science burger. Satan? Yeah. Satan? It was. It was. Satan burger. It was. It was. Is it, it was. really called Satan, Satan or Satan? Because I always call it Satan. 
Okay. It's but it's Satan. It's Satan. It's Satan. Yeah. Satan bacon. So the so the lesson to be learned here, at least from me, is if you see a celebrity that you totally like adore and love and have a shrine in your closet to, don't run up to them like you're a crazed zombie rabies victim. Just play it cool. And if you're not like introduced to them and you just happen to be at the same bar table, you don't have to stare at them like. Just think of it as a pillar of salt situation. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you can glance, but don't catch yourself staring to see if they have pores. Oh, like God. don't look Please at them. Look at my pores yeah, either. don't look at them to see if you can like do the because once they get your like eyes eyesight after you're staring at them and they notice you're staring at them, then it's awkward town. It then is. there's no way out of that. Really, you can do anything at that point. And it's not going to help. It's going to make it worse. So that's what was last night happening to me. Because here I see, like, the guy I used to write fan fiction about across the table looking at us while I'm going, eh, spiders! Like, just talking about spider <laughs> and, stories. And, and I'm like, this is hor- This is a horrible way. But he said we looked interesting enough during the talk, so... And, and, that, and that was the most intriguing part about this whole thing is <laughs> I didn't realize you had written the weird science fan fiction. Oh, yeah. So now this makes the story even better. Mm-hmm. But, um, and also we're going to go meet up with him yeah, for drinks gonna, in a minute. Yeah, we're going to have drinks later and but, you two are not allowed to mention the fan fiction and oh, he'll just no, find out later. Oh, no, don't worry, don't worry. Don't I will keep this, that under, oh my God. I will keep that under wraps. Okay. Um, but I just realized, this is how sidetracked I got yeah. uh, talking about the panel. What I was trying to say <laughs> was... The whole idea of if people are interested in going to the cons, like you were saying, mm-hmm. talk to people. If you see your celebrities that you're interested in just being normal and talking to them, um, that that's all about who you know. And the calmer you are um, in the networking you do is really going to help you out. Because yeah. honestly, let's be real. It, the whole thing with sororities or fraternities, I was not a part of either didn't want to be was it's all about who you know and that was networking and it's such a big important thing in this field and so uh think of it as that we all we all need our own like geeky version of the bohemian club right or the skull was it the harvard one the skull club like the movie Uh, the skulls was based on totally true the movie wasn't but it's the skulls (laughs) that's the harvard right that's a secret society in harvard or is it yale yale maybe where did where did george bush go to college theoretically where did he Yale. St- where, okay, so that's the Yale, Yale group. But every college has that weird secret society, mostly made up of annoying frat boys, so it's not the best. But I like to think of the Bohemian Club, or maybe in a, if you want, if you're literary, like your own Algonquin round table right. of geeks, yeah. right? So you want that, you want basically to find your own crew, your own uh, coven, whatever, to well, like I, hang out with. I and love have what fun you with. said about San Diego, too. I know San Diego has its haters because it's. It's so big. It's kind of out of control. It's a really uncontrollable monster at this point. But it does take over the entire downtown. Mm -hmm. So there's the inside, the actual convention is a very small part of it. Yeah. It is the off-site event. And a lot of times, like, Uh, the cultural museums or the bookstores or anything outside in San Diego, they all have some sort of, like, Comic-Con sale or author meet and greet or some sort of event going on even all the waitresses at all the bars and the waiters as well are cosplay yeah Yeah. that's kind of cool to see that and the whole city really embraces it not just because it makes a ton of money for the city but it really does have an opportunity for people to come kind of like to a vacation spot and you can get away if you like i do this all the time um i'm friends with ann wheaton who's will wheaton's wife the actor will wheaton 
And Anne and I, uh, we did a thing called Vandalize, where we put googly eyes on everything. Mm-hmm. And she came up with a name because she's like the queen of puns. So it was like vandal eyes, like eyeballs. And we ended up doing um, a set of nail wraps that are kind of like nail nail mm-hmm. polish stickers or whatever that you put on your fingernails instead of having to do nail I've art. I've done them. I've done them. And we did that with Espionage Cosmetics, which is an indie mm-hmm. comic book, or I'm sorry, indie geeky run, um, geek girl uh, cosmetics company run in Seattle. And so we did these vandalized nail wraps, and they made us go, not made us, they encouraged us to go on kind of like a national tour of them. So anytime they, Espionage Cosmetics had a booth, we got to do a signing. Perfect. So Anne and I would do, but they were like four-hour signings or five-hour signings. So it was like kind of overwhelming. And then when we left uh, the signing, we'd be tired, but we'd like, we'd like, let's just hang out. And, like, call some friends that are also at San Diego, and let's go to the farthest bar (laughs) from the convention center so we don't see any cosplayers, we don't see any people with the giant bags, you know, from Comic-Con, and just hang out and talk. Like this, kind of. Mm -hmm. I mean, we just sit and chat and talk about whatever projects we're excited about or TV shows or movies that we can't wait to see or whatever comic books we think they should read. TV shows we can't wait to make. I know, right? Oh, my God. So we all got together (laughs) drinking amongst the weird science celebrities, drinking our high-fashion cocktails, and we came up with so many reality TV show ideas. You know what? I'm a little bit worried that they might steal those ideas. Okay, let's keep it it under wraps, but let's just say... No, I'm talking about the weird science guys are going to launch a reality TV show. I don't think so. (laughs) Anthony Michael is thinking... Thinking, I need to get back yeah. in it. I think, yeah. I think that's why he wants to meet yeah. for drinks. Is right. He's like, I heard you, what you they were talking about. you got to get me a part about. on that show. No, because yeah. he, he's a college professor. Yeah. He's yeah. like, I can't wait to talk about medieval literature with in, him yeah. later. That's that awesome. is super cool. I, I think that's awesome that he quit uh, acting, yeah. became a professor. It made him really happy. And he's Which a is big... interesting because he's a good actor. Like yeah. Wyatt was probably one of my favorite characters in geek movie, like comedy movies, right? But he also did The Chocolate War, which is based yeah. on a really good Newbery Award winning book. And he's done a lot of different things. And then I think he, I think the last thing he was ever in was a Silk Stockings episode. And then I think that's when he was like, eh, I'm done with this. And he went on to do uh, be a college professor. And there's right. a lot of actors that have done that and come back. Uh, Malium. Uh, Blalick, uh, oh God, I can't remember. Blossom. Yeah. Yep. So she's amazing as Blossom. And now she's in Big and Bang Theory. But she went yeah. to, I think she went to Stanford mm-hmm. and studied like, was it chemical yeah. engineer or chemical? Something like that. Something yeah. super legit geek, yeah. which is chemistry or something. Which is interesting because that's what she's pretty much exactly. playing on Big exactly. Bang Theory. And then she it. goes on Big Bang Theory and she's still an amazing actress, yeah. still funny, still just a great person and still geeky in real life too if you follow her on Twitter but there are actors that do that where they take a break and then they come back um, Zach Galian from Gremlins mm-hmm. he's done that so he took a break after Gremlins he did a lot of like movies that you can find on Netflix if you want to do a little Zach like movie marathon but then he took a break and now he's doing a lot of horror films for my next slumber party I'll do that yeah <laughs> he's actually pretty dreamy he's still really like awesome in person it's funny we're supposed to do a podcast together Oh, uh, and we did one and we ended up talking way too long. It was like a three hour podcast. We're like, we can't, we can't do this. We have to break it up yeah. and like whatever. Time limit. <clears throat> I think I lost my voice during our pod saga. Yeah. We yeah. lost, I lost my voice during the podcast pilot, but what had happened was he had come to San Francisco for some project and he's like, Hey, I follow you on Twitter. Do you want to meet up? This is when we very first met. He's like, you want to meet up for dinner and drinks? I'm like, yeah, totally. And all we did was talk. We just shared uh, filmmaking horror stories because I worked at Lucasfilm for 10 years um, as their senior editor at StarWars.com, but I was also 
part of big projects and you know, I was a stand-in for fanboys when they filmed that at Skywalker. And I have so many great celebrity stories, and so does he. So we just kind of compared notes on celebrities we mutually knew. And it was just like a fun, gossipy kind of dinner. And then we had drinks later, and we're like, we... And he's like, I've... And it was a, it was a five- to six-hour meetup. Like, we had dinner and drinks, and at the end of it, it's like, we have to do a podcast. This is too much fun. Like, we just have to do this and share it with people and upset everyone. And so I was like, yeah, let's do it. And then he got projects and I got projects and got sidetracked but we'll have you guys on because we Love had it. so much fun last night just talking at that bar yeah about everything I think we did ghost stories and we talked about alien stuff and we talked about everything so all the normal things we normally talk about yeah um, but also pop culture and that's the best thing yeah, about yeah. conventions I mean just to bring it back to why you, your listeners should go to at least one comic book convention and there's always one pretty much in every state right so there's probably yeah. one near you that you don't even know about but you just take your friends and go a lot of them are pretty cheap, like the smaller ones. I love the smaller conventions. And there's always something new. Like you're going to find, you know, the usual run of celebrities that go for celebrity signings. But you might end up like meeting your favorite author that you didn't know was going to be there, a comic book artist or whatever. And it's just fun to just meet new people too. And I think it's uh, the Comic Cons are one of those places where you can go and if you feel like a ner- that you're like, oh, man, if I want to represent this or this. I feel like such a nerd. Guess what? You're not. You're the coolest person there. So. Yeah, like, and you're not the only one. Yeah. Right. That's yeah. the thing I think all nerds and geeks have gone through is you feel like you're the only one. Like, I was an even weirder geek. Like, I didn't just like typical geek stuff. Like, I geeked out over Murder, She Wrote. And I was a big Magnum P.I. fan. And I was a big, like, I loved stuff that cool kids aren't supposed to like. Like, I, and I was big into anything with robots, anything with aliens, anything Seriously, anything that's like super geeky, but also I was really into horror fiction and fantasy too. But I was the only one in my school like that in yeah. high school, and it wasn't until I went to a convention. And I think it was the very first convention I went to was I think we talked about this last night uh, at dinner was the Klingon. Uh, it was also it was right. a Star Trek convention, but it was only for Klingons, like only Klingon fans. And that was the first convention I, I had. My dad dropped me off, and he's like, "Are you sure? Like, yeah. Are you sure?" Well, here's the thing: when you're like. I think I was 12. When you're 12 and you ask your dad to drop you off at a hotel. With angry uh, men, and by he's the never, way. And your dad's Hang never on. seen Star Trek. And you're <laughs> like, hey, you're going where? My 10-year-old daughter's going to a hotel for what? Mm-hmm. So it's one of those things where I didn't know what to expect either. And when I got there, it was the convention, kind of like the convention room part of the hotel, the Marriott in Denver. And it was all Klingons. And I was like, this, these are my people. Like, I finally found... And I was like, I felt like the oddest kid in school. Like, no one knew what I was talking about. I was the only one that watched Doctor Who, because it was like the original Doctor Who, Tom Baker. No one knew what I was talking about. Everyone knew Star Wars, and that was kind of mainstream. But even then, it's like, you couldn't really talk in-depth about Star Wars. Like, people saw the movies, but it's very hard to find people who were reading the books, reading comics, um, doing their own fan fiction, their own comics. Like, it was just... Fan fiction then was just a cry for help. Now it's cool. <laughs> like now if you write fan fiction, people are like, oh, that's awesome. Well, now if you write fan fiction, you get on at midnight with uh, Chris yeah. Hardwick laughing yeah. at you. Yeah. So. I mean, well, here's the thing. <laughs> if you look at writer rooms today and show ro- showrunners of TV shows, mm-hmm. all of them are geeks and all of them wrote fan fiction. Fan fiction's basically your first step into writing a spec script. Right. Mm-hmm. And if you want to be a writer in Hollywood or if you want to be a showrunner for TV shows, even if you want to write for video games, just storyboarding, it's very good to write fan fiction because it gets you into that mode of, okay, how much dialogue? You only have a 30-minute show. Not even that. It's usually what it's 
17 minutes because of commercials. <laughs> so you have to think of, okay, what's your hook right before the commercial? Or if it's not a commercial show, like on Netflix or something or HBO, how do you do a compelling one-hour pilot? Like, this is fan fiction, and this eventually you'll be paid for it. And that's what writing for a TV or movie or whatever. But at the time, right. I was like, I'm a nerd, and no one's like me. And I feel like a, a loser. And it wasn't until I went to my first convention, first couple of conventions, I'm like, the, where have all these people been? Like, I wish they were going to my school. Like, I wish I knew them. And I think that's what people feel like when they go to f- conventions. They feel like, oh, this is my tribe. Like, these are my people. They yeah. get it. They're not going to roll their eyes if I want to talk about Walking Dead for two hours. Like, they get me. And that's the best part of conventions. You feel like you belong, finally. Well, and with geek culture pretty much being pop culture now, yeah, you know, it, it it's really exemplified in San Diego with the off-site events. I mean... Over the years, watching. What's your favorite? What's your favorite offsite that you've ever been to? Well, I I love over the past, I guess, two years watching the increased presence um, that you see from Nerdist and and from Geek and Sundry. Yeah, I mean that is so rad. Like walking around downtown and seeing the Geek and Sundry offsite stuff, and and it gets weirder because like Adult Swim always has these bizarre yep. offsites. I think one of the weirdest thing they ever did. I don't think it was for Robot Chicken. I think it was for another surreal show. It may have been a Tim and Eric's awesome show or something. But they had a food truck that would kidnap fans. So it was almost like you weren't sure. Like if you saw it and you didn't know what was going on, you'd be like, holy crap. Like it (laughs) looks like the beginning of Blue Bloods or a Law and Order episode or something. But they were so innovative in that and so weird about it. They would do weird scavenger hunts but leave weird things for you to find. And my favorite, one of my favorite ones, Besides the zombie run and the zombie walk, which was always so great for Walking Dead, was I really, really loved the Tron arcade when the Tron movie mm-hmm. got rebooted. Mm-hmm. And they did the arca- Flynn's arcade. They even had the sign that looked like Flynn's arcade from the original Tron. And all the vintage video games from that scene in the original Tron of those video games and the Tron video uh, game. By the way, I have a original Tron arcade game in my storage locker right what? now. Because... Our mutual friend Eric, who brought us all here, yes, thanks, Eric. Um, said, called me up or texted me and said, "Hey, Maureen, can can you go um, pick up this old Tron arcade game? It's in Arizona. I'll figure out how to get it up here. Um, but can you go do that?" So I borrowed my roommate's old like Chevy truck. Oh no, Ford. It's a Ford. I'm sorry. She'll probably kill me. It's a Ford. It's an old Ford. Them's like fighting words. Yeah. Um, and I drove it and in Arizona, it doesn't rain that often, but of course it started pouring rain and I had to drive like an hour and a half to kind of a sketchy location to pick up a Craigslist Tron arcade game. Right. And as I'm pulling up, I'm thinking, holy shit, you idiot. Why did you go alone? Like, do people know I'm here? Yeah, exactly. So I I knock on the door. I pull up, knock on the door, and the door opens, and this guy has a freaking gun on Mm. his hip. And and I'm like, first I was like, ooh. And then I see (laughs) inside his house just briefly, and he's got all these awesome pinball machines just lined up. And I was like, this guy's cool. All right, so he helped me load this 8,000-pound tron arcade game into my truck and so it's still in my storage locker because eric has not uh figured out getting it up here for his bar but right. but uh it's cool i mean like all the old shit's awesome so. yeah so and that was great that was like one of the most popular offsites that year yeah because everyone was so stoked for a new tron movie most of us were yeah that all the pre previews looked great the music was great because daft punk 
And then you had this awesome old school arcade and people did that. But there's always some weird offset. Like I was a big fan of the TV show Eureka. Mm-hmm. Um, my friend Amy Berg wrote for it and she's a big part of that. And I remember her saying, oh my God, they recreated the cafe. And the cafe was kind of like the meeting point of everyone, all the characters that mm-hmm. would go and have brunch there. You know, they did catering there. The whole point of Eureka was it was all geniuses in one town and a town that no one knew about. But it was... Things kept happening that would always go wrong, and there's one sheriff who wasn't a genius, but he's in charge of basically. Uh, Colin Ferguson was the uh, uh, the actor who played him, and it's it's just it was such a great show. It mm-hmm. got canceled quickly because of sci-fi. Damn sci-fi! It's probably mm-hmm. Comcast. I don't know, but it was such a great show and had such a uh, loyal following. Mm-hmm. So then when they did the offsite of an actual cafe transformed to look like the cafe from the show. We all went. Like, we were super stoked, and it was just so much fun. And sci-fi always does that with their shows. Um, they always have some sort of offsite mm-hmm. with whatever their most mm-hmm. popular show Sharknado is. Sharknado Yeah, Sharknado. They had a huge Huge presence. For, yeah. And I'm a sucker for, I mean, there's tons of free shit there. And I, I, know, I right? just walk around and get all the free shit. Yeah, you have free well, t-shirts, so, free, any posters, everything. They do weird shit, Sometimes yeah. they'll give you a DVD of all the pilots. Yeah. On, so it's almost like you're a TV reviewer or a movie reviewer. Um, you'll get a lot of that stuff, pins. Um, sometimes there's, like, stuffed toys. There's always stuff, and you don't have to go into the convention center. Right. So um, I, so this might be shocking. I'm actually a San Diego Comic-Con virgin. This will be my first year That's going. That's shocking. Um, there's a lot of people who haven't gone still. Well, mm-hmm. yeah, but but Jason, since his, his in-laws have a, a place right across the street, he would go, and he'd always bring me back free shit. So. Mm-hmm. Um, I got a giant shark bag uh, one year for Shark Week. Week. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the next year after that, he brought me back. I mean, he a lot of other stuff, too. He brought me back a Simpsons bag that I swear to God is the size of my entire body. You could could fit in the bag. Yeah, and that's the cool thing. um, Somebody should carry me in that bag. Those bags are standard at Comic-Con, and I believe New York Comic-Con is starting to Mm -hmm. do that. Yep. Where they have a giant bag, and actually, there's a T-shirt company. I can't remember that. It's usually if you go to a convention, you see the t- the giant yeah. tower of T-shirts. Yep. They have a TARDIS bag that's that same size, and it's actually the police, you know, the blue police yeah. box in Doctor Who, the TARDIS. Have you climbed into it? No, it is bigger on the inside. It does feel like yeah. that. <laughs> but the cool thing at San Diego Comic Con, I think at New York Comic Con, the same girls go to this. They get the giant bag because it's a different bag design each day. Mm-hmm. So one day it'll be Walking Dead, next day it'll be Game of Thrones, next day it'll be whatever. Whoever paid to have their stuff on there. Right. And these girls, the next day, they'll get the bag, they'll work all night on it, the next day it's a dress. And they'll cosplay as the bag right. the next That's day, but awesome. in dress form. And it's always like really done well. Yeah. I don't know how they sew that fast. They must bring a machine with them. But it's so cool. And it's like, I wish I, I, wish I could wear a bag dress. Like but, I wouldn't quite look as good as they do, yeah. but it looks awesome. But also, I think that's my, my favorite idea there is, is going on to the airplane and being like, I need to check also my sewing yeah. machine with me. <laughs> <laughs> that's jo- that's my fun- carry on. The funny joke that we used to have um, on the plane, because uh, I live in San Francisco and I've lived there for since 1996, and it would always be, uh, well, since Virgin came on board with their planes, that's what we all prefer to take to San Diego. 
and they go all out. Their uh, flight attendants all dress up, and they always like do some sort of. The pilot always says some quote, not from Airplane, God forbid, but <laughs> or, or Die Hard movie. But he always quotes some like comic book movie and it gets everyone all pumped up and it's always super exciting but it used to be the inside joke was we were always afraid that if a plane went down or god forbid terrorists decide to take over comic-con that's every it guy and girl does everyone who's probably your company's computer genius is at comic-con you could take down and i'm not trying to give pointers here no i know that's what i was gonna say you're about to but you could probably take down the united states because all their computer people are there and so that was always the joke my thing is here's okay so i'll give this away as a freebie my thing is i always wanted to shoot a zombie movie at comic-con because if zombies really attacked, how would you know? Because there's so many zombie cosplayers. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it, they're all slow moving. All the regular people, not the zombies. And you could, you could if you were a newly made zombie, like let's say if you're following not Walking Dead lore or Romero lore, but let's say iZombie, like mm-hmm. the, new CD, the, the new CW show. You just became a zombie and you're hungry, right? You want slow moving prey. <laughs> preferably intoxicated because they'll be marinated. Yeah. Right. Sweet. No one's going to stop you. Cause they're going to think it's some elaborate cosplay promotion. You could leave a blood trail all the way through the convention center and no one will look twice because there's so much cosplay residue. You could get away with this. I might stay a San Diego comic-con virgin now after thinking no, about no, no. that. I'm just saying this. And it would be good for serial killers too. Cause how would you know? This- how would you know? I was there the year the Hall H pin in the eye incident happened. So I wasn't there right next to the guy or something. But what happens at Hall H for you guys have never been to San Diego Comic-Con. It's the most, it's the giant, 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 giant room that's there in the convention center. And what it is, it's starting, um, I think, is it Wednesday or Thursday? No, Friday's the main day. Whatever. People camp out to get into this room. Right. Because this is where you're going to see trailers for the very first time that haven't gotten on YouTube, they haven't aired yet. Um, of brand new TV shows and movies that everyone's super stoked about. And it's the most celebrity-packed type panel. So you're going to see, like when I worked for Lucasfilm, you know, we debuted the trailer, actually the name of Revenge of the Sith mm-hmm. in that hallway. And everyone went crazy. And that's where Sin City debuted their first mm-hmm. trailer. That's where, I mean, I everything you've ever seen their first trailer was usually at San Diego comic-con so people camp out to go this anyway the problem is is that people have to pee eventually right you can't stay there for 24 hours or 12 hours and watch all this stuff without having to go bathroom so it used to be a ticket system or or a a wristband system Mm -hmm. so if you had the wristband and you had to go to the bathroom you could get back in if you had the wristband you didn't have to camp out another day to get your seat back but if the problem was sometimes people would have their seat stolen so even though you left to go to the bathroom, you can get back in, but you won't have front row seat like you did before. You have to sit way in the back and look at the screens. Someone didn't want to do that. There was a fight over a seat. Someone grabbed their pen out of their pocket and stabbed some guy in the eyeball. The next day, do you know how many eyeball stabbed cosplayers there were? <laughs> so that was like one of the it's incidents. Like too soon? There's another sad incident when Twilight happened. There was like oh, a it's, long line it, for Twilight. It's Twilight. Sad Twilight's just incident. sad in general, but a mom or a grandma or something was waiting in line. I did or, hear about and, that. Or was crossing the street to get in line for it for her granddaughter yeah. or her yeah. daughter and got hit by a car and yeah. died. Yeah, that was so. Super it's sad. like it's one of those things too. Like there's always going to be one incident. That's kind of, I mean, for the amount of people that are there, it's very low on the violent scale. 
There's cosplayers tend to be treated pretty well. They're not sexually harassed as much as they used to be. Right. Now that that tagline cosplay does not equal consent. Right. Mm-hmm. I think most people get that now. If someone's dressed yeah. barely as Eon Flux or Poison Ivy, that does not mean they're strippers for you. That means they're doing their own thing. So don't touch them. Right. You know, don't go up and. It's not an invitation. Yeah, don't. It's not an invitation for you to like get a bear hug with a hot girl in a bikini. Like you need to like respect those boundaries and just take a photo and move on. I even still ask to take photos of cosplayers. I don't assume they're there to take photos, but most of them are. are, But yeah. But yeah. So this, I guess the takeaway from that very long ramble was if you're going to go to something that's a very big convention and even smaller conventions and you're not familiar with the town, you're not familiar with what's going on. Just be smart. You know, just don't piss off people. Don't start fights. And also just, you know, know that those people are there to have fun and you're there to have fun too and enjoy yourself, but don't be a douchebag. I think that's a good for all yeah. of life yeah, in life. general. Absolutely. But yeah, but I will say Hall H, I've skipped it. Uh, it's so funny. Yeah. I never even go there anymore. I, when I stopped working for Lucasfilm, I didn't have to work that hall, thank yeah. God, anymore. And I just it was like, I don't want to do the giant rooms. In mm-hmm. fact, last year was the first year I wasn't on a panel and it was awesome because <laughs> I could just enjoy myself mm-hmm. yeah. as a fan and not a professional. And I think that's another thing as a convention goer, especially someone in the industry like we are, it's kind of nice to just go yeah. and have fun and take yeah. pictures of cool cosplayers right. and drink with your friends and go to the panels you want to go to and just have a good time. Yeah, and with Hall H and, and other big big events going on, it's it's just not worth it to me. You know, when I have other things to do, have people I want to see, I'm not going to invest a day and a half to wait in a line to get in to see one thing. You know, it, it's a bummer because there, there is a lot of great programming there. Mm-hmm. You know, and if you're just a creepy, like, celebrity stalker, you know, all you have to do is hang outside of Hard Rock Hotel. Yeah. That's where they all stay. They'll be there. <laughs> They're either at the Hard Rock Hotel or across the street at the Omni. Yeah. That's where they put all the celebrities. Right. And if you really just want to see a glimpse of your favorite celebrity, you don't have to pay any Bring a stack of photos and go to the airport. Yeah. And- yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. Don't do that. Don't do that. Okay. Kidding. Here's another Wheaton tip because Will's <laughs> told this story to me many times and other celebrities I know have told me this. Um, and by celebrities, I mean, like, geek actors and that sort of right. thing. Don't take, like, all your printouts and headshots of your favorite actor and then stock them at the airport as they're in baggage claim and demand that they sign all the photos. Or even one thing. Yeah. Yeah. Don't just go Here's and the thing. harass Airports them at are the stressful. Airport. Yeah. And yeah. baggage claim is the worst of the worst. Yes. It's like we're tired. We want to go to our hotel. We don't want to see any more of you because we had to sit on a plane with all of you. We don't want to be near people, and the last thing they, especially celebrities who value their privacy, right? Do not, I mean we all value our privacy? But let's be honest. Like if I was super famous, the last thing I want is a bunch of people shoving photos in my face and wanting me to sign them. When all I want is take my bag and go to the hotel and like open a bottle of wine and be take in, a bubble bath. Be in the bubble bath for a good three hours. <laughs> be done with the travel. Be done yeah. with yeah. the travel. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. There's ways to approach people. And I think we've already kind of addressed that. Yeah. yeah. If you really do like a celebrity, be yourself. Don't be scary and creepy. Don't kiss their Joss Whedon ring. <laughs> and also yeah. just be, uh, you know, just learn be, from Bonnie's mistakes. Yeah. Learn that's from right. me. Kiss anybody. She's, just have she's basic manners. Yeah. Just have basic Make manners. Mistakes. Just right? know that when someone's eating a meal, don't walk up to them and interrupt their meal. Yeah. But if they're at a bar having a drink just say hey i love your stuff and walk off that's fine you don't have to ask for a 20 minute conversation about you know how they changed your life everyone is so happy when you say hey thank you for what you do yeah. you're, cool. I like you're you. cool i like yeah. you but you don't need to go into your life story 
You don't need to make them feel uncomfortable crying. Don't cry in front of a celebrity because they never know what to do. That happened I don't know we- what to that, do. That happened at the Weird Science panel. Some digit lost weird. her mind at a Q&A and was crying. And Anthony Michael Hall kept just saying, are you okay, sweetheart? Are yeah. you okay? Well, it's because hard. It's hard, too, because you can together. be overwhelmed if that's your celebrity. Like, yeah. if that's the person you've, like, been inspired by all your life, it's but, very hard. But but that. at the same time, I think I'm one of those weirdos <laughs> that, like, I've always <laughs> told everyone, you know, I, I, I get to meet a lot of people who are, are well-known, and I have always told everyone Harrison Ford is the only person I'd probably lose my mind over. But at the same time... I would tr- I would probably be purposely trying to be so cool and collected yeah. that I would be normal. Yeah. And and you'd blow but, your opportunity. But so <laughs> so then I would walk away afterwards and be like, "Oh my god." No, I actually think that is the best way to meet Harrison Ford is just be normal. Yeah. And I and and, and I think and that And next time that if you want to meet him, just wait till he gets up in a plane again and then hang out at a golf course. I will. <laughs> well, yeah. He might he might crash into your heart. I or might, give him a Marion yeah, punch. Yeah, give and him actually, a Marion punch. And actually yeah. murder me yeah. by accidentally. He's I've 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 been at uh, events where he's at and he's very nice and he's very uh um gracious with his fans and he's not like gonna yell at you. He's not like that yeah. whole curmudgeon curmudgeon act that he's got when lot, he goes yeah. on talk shows. It's a that's an act. Well, I don't know if it's an act, but I think he thinks it's funny, and it is. It is. But he's not going to, he's not going to make you cry. Like, he's not, that's not his goal. Where there are celebrities that are scary. Like, there are certain celebrities I don't know I'd want to meet in a dark alley, but most of them are very nice. Most of them are accommodating. They appreciate their fans, because they know without fans, they wouldn't have work. They get that. But, you know, you just have to be careful. I think the whole lesson we have here is... Go to conventions. Yep. Talk to people. Don't be an asshole. Don't yep. be weird. Don't yeah. be weird. <laughs> and uh, enjoy it. And I think it's uh, the fact that geek culture is so awesome right now. Yeah. And popular has just been this big thing. So, Bonnie, um, so we can go weird science-esque mm. out. Um, mm-hmm. Tell people where they can go see all your fun stuff. Oh, um Okay, so I'm all over the internet because I'm a social media whore. So basically, I'm on Twitter as Bonnie Girl, which is just Bonnie, which is my first name, and then G-R-R-L. Most of my social media screen names are Bonnie Girl, so you can find me that way. I'm on Facebook and Instagram, and I'm the only one left using Google+. And- <laughs> I, I'm on there, too. Okay. 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 And I, I don't really a, use it, but I'm on I have there. a YouTube channel that I don't really use that much, but I put stuff on there every once in a while. And obviously, Vaginal Fantasy Romance Book Club show, which was on Geek and Sundry. Now we're our own channel, so we can swear. Um, and Yay. get and get drunker. So that's on yes. uh, vaginalfantasy.com, or you can just go to youtube.com slash vaginal fantasy. I swear it's not porn. Or That's... just Google no, vagina no, fantasy. No, no, no. <laughs> so it's a genre name. It's yeah. a genre. It's a nickname for romance books, and it's all Felicia Day's fault. So blame her that we called that. But it is funny, and it's great when she does conventions and people don't know about the show and she talks about it and everyone's like what and it's great because she embarrasses it like she, she blushes herself and i'm like you're the one that called it this right. but anyway <laughs> um and i love the show it's so much fun to do that show with her um so i do that and then um i also have quite a i have i think six or seven books i lose count so i think i have seven books you can get just google my name on amazon and you can see them all and then get them wherever you get your books um and then i'm doing some new craft books <laughs> 
that I can't talk about yet, but they're uh, both naughty and disturbing. So they're not kids' craft books, but they should be hilarious. We've got a sneak preview of them, and they are good. So they're pretty stay hilarious. Tuned. So stay tuned. I, I'll, maybe I can come back on your show when their books are ready, and we'll do a. A podcast craft, which would be hilarious because no one can see it. They can just hear it. That'd be funny. Yeah, it would be like miming, like magic tricks on the radio or something. Uh, You can do them and Maureen will describe what you're doing. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I'm I'm very good at uh, There's our X-rated podcast episode. Yeah. Um, I, I write we'll be like announcers we'll oh be my a, god like golf or and golf now yeah. and yeah. now yeah. Bonnie, Bonnie is taking, taking the needle head. yeah oh my god that's gonna she sound horrible when through, you, the blank, through the blank blank blank, blank. blank. yeah <laughs> um, I also write quite a bit about pop culture and geek culture for cnet.com playboy.com as well uh, I do crafts for Disney so from playboy to Disney I still do stuff for disney.com a lot of like Star Wars crafts and Muppet crafts um, and I do a monthly geek girl column for SFX magazine, which is a British magazine. So I'm kind of like all over the place. I'm, I think I just agreed to do another, uh, blog, write for another blog. It's uh-huh. as a writer, as a freelancer. And I'm sure you know this as a freelance writer, you say yes to everything. We're almost. so paranoid. Yes. Our jobs are going to dry up that we just say yes to everything and then try to figure out how to do it later. Just yeah. not sleep for a while, drink a lot of coffee. Just, you know, it's just about prioritizing. I have, luckily I have an agent who's also works as an editor. So when I turn in my stuff for books, she also edits it. So that oh, takes nice. away some time for me to actually do other stuff as well. Jason's my editor. <laughs> yeah, it's nice <laughs> to have. It's nice to have that. So and I'm doing new stuff. I have a new show that I'm hopefully going to get a new uh, geek show. I did a geek DIY YouTube show for Stanley for a season, and that's just me, possibly not sober, <laughs> doing crafts. With my friends, celebrity friends, like actor friends. Mm-hmm. So I do a craft with Claire Kramer, mm-hmm. who was on Buffy, uh, and a zillion and other who's things. who's here this weekend. Who's here this weekend. I still haven't seen her. Uh, I do something with Will Wheaton. We make dice pillows because uh, of his show Tabletop. I'm also on Tabletop this season. Jealous. Uh, and last season. So I was on, I was evil the first season playing Fiasco with some people as a two-parter that you can find on YouTube. And then for Tabletop, it's on the Geek and Sundry channel. And then this year we played Geek Out, which is also a great game for mm. geeks to play. It's a tribute. It's like oh, I have pursuit. it. I, oh, I bought this yeah. when I was in San Francisco it's last time. So much time. fun. So much and fun. I looked through some of the questions and I was like, I told him, I go, I, I drunkenly bought this yeah. when I was at the Child's Museum. The, what's the experimental... Experimental um, children? No, exploratorium. No, exploratorium. Though I do like that you almost called it experimental children, children museum because I would go to that. It's like here's a child who's not quite done. Play with her. See we what bro- happens. We broke this child. Brought yeah. to you yeah. by Joseph Mengele. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Here's, here's a little boy that oh. has uh, pyrokinetic yeah. techniques. Go ahead. See if he can light the house on fire. Like I would totally. It's okay. like a fire starter museum. So now, <laughs> and now I think we just okay. So we just this came weekend, up with another show. Don't give our ideas I'm away. I'm not. I'm not. This weekend we've come up with show ideas. Yeah. I think we have a museum to open. Yes. And we have more drinking to do. So we'll probably say farewell. I oh yeah. Sorry. So, <laughs> Bonnie, thanks so much for no, getting drunk with thank us. Thank you and, for having me on here. And it's it's. it's the highlight of Denver Comic Con was meeting you too. So thank you for having oh, me on the show. And I know, I'm not just saying that because you put oh, me shucks. on a, a microphone in front of me. Are, are we sure it's not? Um, it's not just Wyatt. Science, but yeah. Science. Uh, no, I I really had so much fun talking with you, and we kind of had a three day long, two day long podcast. 
just talking about everything we love in geekdom. And yeah. finally had to record it. And finally had to record it. So thank you for making me feel welcome again at Denver Comic Con. I had so much fun hanging out with you guys, and thanks for having me on the podcast. Well, and you then too. we'll do it again in San Diego. Yay! Woo. All, right. All right. Well, that is it for this episode of the Road Planet Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. On behalf of myself and Maureen Ellsbury, we will see you again next time. <laughs>